Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. We are live. This is Pitch Tech Asia, powered by Asia Tech Podcast. A special today, because guess who's in the hot seat today? Pitch Tech Asia, Graham Brown, and the management team of Pitch Tech Asia. Let's uh, have a quick round robin and introduce yourselves. Who we've got in the studio sitting over here? Hi, this is Anish here. Anish, welcome. Yes, thank you. So you, usually when we do Pitch Tech Asia, Anish sits in the corner taking notes. He basically does a breakdown. He does an analysis of every startup that comes here. So if you get those one pages broken down nicely into six sections, it's Anish who does those. Thank you. All right. So to your right, who yeah. do we have here? Hi, I'm Prarthana. And I what do you do? What do I do? So I'm the first contact if you want to come on the show. And otherwise also the entire onboarding and the events that are coming up. So Yeah. Yeah. So if you're coming to our Pitch Deck Connect event on the 20th. 20th March, yeah. It is Pratana that you've been communicating with. Mm -hmm. And you'll be managing the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. How exciting. It's very exciting, yeah. Um, off camera, we have our tireless studio engineer, Barra. You've probably seen him. If you've been in the studio, he's the guy that sits behind the screen, beavering away diligently. So he's off camera today, but you know that he's there looking after things. So today we're going to talk about Pitch Deck Asia. We're going to talk about Pitch Deck Asia the company raising funds, and we're going to walk through the pitch deck. So let's start with the problem and the market at the top. So maybe we can jump into the PDA pitch deck itself and we can have a look. What is the problem and the market that we're involved in? So if you are coming to the Pitch Deck Connect event, you will get access to this investor deck as well. For now, we'll talk through it and do a demo live on your screen. So let's talk about where we are. Startups in Asia. This is a market which is full of activity. Six to 30 million startups in Asia. Um, where did we get that number from, Manish? Yeah, actually, uh, we just looked at the total entrepreneurial rate, which is actually the number of people, uh, working population. Uh, yeah. how, how, how much percentage of that is into entrepreneurship and startups? Okay. So Asia has one of the highest, which is around 13%. Mm. So if you just work backwards, it comes to anywhere between six to th six to thirty million. Yeah, this is real back of the envelope stuff as yes. well. So we've got six to thirty million startups in Asia. We have, and obviously on the other side of the table, the angel investors. There's about three thousand seven hundred angel investors registered on Angel List, and Singapore was the highest jurisdiction there. Yes. So about one fifth of all angel investors yes. in. Asia. Obviously, there's a bit of an English bias there as well, but that's what you find on Angel List. And it's a market that's growing. Tell us about these deals that went down just last week. We had some big deals in the VC side of things, as well as some uh, large deals on the Angel side. We have Blink who are in the studio. Tell us a little bit about those five deals at the bottom that we've got yeah. there. Yeah. So uh, this was a headline news. Uh, if someone has uh, read it, uh, just in the first week of March, uh, Southeast Asia had 1.7 billion investment. Uh, obviously, the major part was Grab. But then we had other companies like uh, Gojek and uh, Halloc and Blink, who ha was here last week on our show, yeah. uh, raising uh, quite a, a substantial amount of money in the one week, just one week of uh, this yeah. month. And even the week that followed, we had 25 million with CXO Network as well, which is a Singaporean yes. startup. So mm -hmm. the investments are going strong, especially when you look at Blink, for example. They were in the studio, like you said, um, Bob Chua and the team there, 2 million in seed. Yes. 
So, um, you know, there is no shortage of seed equity at the moment in Southeast Asia in particular. And, you know, put all those numbers together, um, you have a very uh, active market. Now, which, you know, now let's talk about who's actually in the market trying to solve the problem. Uh, we'll talk the problem in a minute. Let's actually look at who the comparables are. So there's a lot of people in this market trying to make sense of it, map the market. You have AngelList, for example, which raised $400 million from a Chinese venture firm. And you have other platforms from the funded platforms like Funded Here to the directories, the lists, if you like, like E27 and Tech in Asia, which have raised... Um, respectively 8.1 and 8 million sorry now they've raised 11 and 3 million and revenues about 8 million so there's a lot of funding that's gone into these platforms to help make sense of the startup ecosystem in asia however let's talk about the problem if we can yeah. jump forward and here we have just some numbers these are back of envelope numbers that we've calculated so they're not wholly scientific but they're starting points the problem is noise, in particular signal to noise. There's no lack of deal flow at the moment. The problem is quality deal flow. This is a, a very Asian problem just because of the numbers. You've got the six to 30 million startups. Now, if we were to divide the number of startups by the number of angel investors, roughly 1,000 to 5,000 startups per angel investor, yes. which is a lot of noise, right? And then if you look at how many investments in angel actually places it's about one in five million so think about that if you're an angel you're at most i mean an active angel is probably doing about six deals plus that means they're they're placing about one in five million startups in asia yeah. so you know they're not scouring 30 million and looking for that one in five million it's really now down to where do they get access to this information and on top of that you have the fact that the market is growing you put yes. 10 billion down here what was the numbers for china roughly about 10 percent? that was china alone wasn't it yes yes uh, uh southeast asia being the biggest uh, yeah. after china yeah uh, but china alone was giving big numbers okay and southeast asia again is about 10 billion itself isn't it so uh, yes uh i think uh from one of the data showed that in 2018 itself, Southeast Asia, only the tech companies uh, had around 11 billion of investment, yeah. which is double of 2017. Right. So. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So we've identified the problem. It's a noisy market. It's very difficult to understand who's who and it's growing fast. It's only going to get worse in terms of noise. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we can jump back into the pitch deck now. Uh, so we broke down the problem. Really, there's three elements to this problem, which are deal immediacy. Um, most of the the actual deals themselves are focused on entertainment and they're unfiltered. So let's go back through these. These are the problems for both startups and angels. For the angels, for example, a lot of angels rely on referrals or their immediate network. So who they went to business school with or who they know. Yet yeah, go back to the numbers, if they're placing one in five million that is an impossible number to maintain. They're not getting access. And this creates bias as well. Yeah. And um, I think if you look at the numbers on angel list, only one of the top 50 angel investors is in a, Singapore is a female. Is uh, a female, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's incredible, given that 27.5% of startups are run by female <laughs> founders, right? Yes. Um, that's in Singapore. That is a major bias. Short form entertainment, Pratana, you've been to plenty of these pitch competitions. Yeah. What's the deal there? Firstly, it's messy. 
and secondly it's just like five minutes how can a startup yeah. founder tell about their entire journey and how can an investor just put in the money based on the numbers they're showing on the slides right yeah so that's why story is important about the founder about the team that needs to be told yeah so these pitch competitions very short form entertainment yeah. based shark yeah. tanks shark tank. they have all the judges you know you have one winner and 99 losers mm-hmm. you wonder how the google boys would do if you yeah. put them on a Yes. A pitch competition stage. What are the, what are the thoughts? Do you yeah. think they would ace it, or do you think they would get booed uh, definitely off? Definitely not, because what I've seen is the short form is more of uh, by people looking at Shark Shark Tank. Yeah, the notion is that uh, how well you can put the startup founder on on the spot, sort of. But that should not be the approach. It's more collaborative, right? I mean, because angels have equal amount of interest in investing a, in a startup than this. So mm-hmm. you need people to kind of talk. So that's that's what we uh, don't see at a startup uh, pitching. Yeah. Yeah, even worse, speed dating. So, I mean, it is kind of the same. I mean, you you don't get married by meeting somebody through speed dating. The numbers are pretty poor, surely. But, however, you know, like all relationships, it takes conversation and time. And I think it's something that the Google boys would do badly at on the stage. So if you want to find a Google in that 30 million, you're not going to find it at a Shark Tank demo day or pitch competition, potentially. But there are people who are good. I think the point is people are good at these like pitch mm. competitions. And there's some startups that just do that. You know, all they do is pitch competitions, yeah. right? And they're unfiltered as well. This is the other problem. So we talked about the 30 million, you know, analysts are something that VCs have, but angels don't have analyst teams. Yeah. So, you know, how do they know? They don't have, you know, investment managers, analysts, research managers who can go out and filter these networks. So we have a problem and it's a problem which is affecting angel investors because they don't get quality. And it's it's a problem affecting startup founders because they don't get access to the right angel investors. And bear in mind that most startup founders don't even know there is such a thing. Yes. As a good angel good. investor yeah. and a bad one, right? And this is this is a problem in itself. All right, so let's have a look at what the solution is. And we spent a lot of time thinking about this. So we've, I think, you know, in terms of pitches, we've gone quite into depth into the problem to understand it a bit better and understand how to frame it a little bit better. So here we have, if we look at the quadrant of potential solutions, and, you know, these are all the, the solutions that are out there that tend to be focused on, the left-hand side, which is short-form entertainment or lists, you know, the, yeah. the, the sound bites, whether, whether it's, you know, the I'm in, I'm out, or five minutes, I'm getting on a plane, decide yeah. now type, yeah. or it's the lists, which is you just go and see the text, or they tend to be localized. So you can have a great one-to-one coffee meeting with a founder or an angel yeah. at a hotel, for example. But it's not scalable, right? Exactly. You can only do it at your local hotel and you can't do that across the 30 million market. So what we're trying to do is get the best of both worlds. We're trying to get long form and scalability. So the long form is the video and the scalability is the platform. So this is how we plan to do it. And this is what we're building now. So we move from immediacy to reach where you build a, a searchable, customizable, Asia-wide platform. You go long form. What's the, the average length of our videos uh, now? Uh, at least around 40, 45 minutes. 40, 45 minutes. Some go a bit longer, don't they? Yes. We have had uh, shows which have gone up to one hour as well. Yeah. So. We had Bob Char did about an hour, yes, didn't he? Yes. Like- and, uh, you know, 
I think the point is, if you're serious about investing in a an early stage startup, you really want to know about that person, yeah. Yeah. and you can't yeah. get that on the list. I think it, maybe it's worth spending a little bit of time about why seeing somebody do a video pitch has a qualitative difference to a list or a demo day or a pitch competition. What do you think people actually see when somebody comes in the studio and they're talking about their why and their background and their backstory and so on? What do you think somebody gets out of that that's missing from the short form? I think it's the storyline, the entire storytelling behind it, because some they also believe that you know angel investors and early stage VCs they invest in the people rather than the product. Absolutely. So that is what actually, and we don't move the pitch deck out. We still, you know, walk through the pitch deck the way it's happening right now. So yeah. that element is still there. It's just that giving them more relaxed environment rather than, hey, it's an exam or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the story is important and the, it's based, the pitch deck really should be the starting point for that discussion, yeah. Yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It, it also gives a complete picture of the startup because yeah. uh, uh, often you don't know how they have been through. So like how Pratna was saying, the story behind it. So we have had many startups who have pivoted from their earlier uh, solutions that we thought of and then become successful. So it's important for investors to know that they are taking in their failures and yeah. you know, kind of learning from them. This doesn't come out in a startup pitch. It's more no. in a long, like a 40-45 minute pitch, which is like a more conversational. It's easier for things like this to come out. Yeah, these are important and, pieces of it. Yes. data points right? Yes, that you yes. want to know. Because yes. in that five minute pitch, you're just going to give the polished, yes. punchy version of, exactly. of, of what you're doing. Not the, the real sort of backstory as well. Okay, great. So this is what I call the emotional due diligence is where, you know, an angel can actually see a startup founder and the emotional aspect is like, do I connect with them? Yes. And there's no rationale or justification for that. You just have to say, yeah, I like that person. I don't like that person. Yeah. That That is sort of 90% of the relationship moving forward, right? And there's, if you don't like somebody, there's nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah. But you can't actually see that on a list or maybe through a pitch competition. All right, so there we go. That's the short form side. And the unfiltered moving to the filtered side. We jump back into the pitch deck as well. So this is where we cut out 90% of the noise. And when we a bit of backstory to ourselves is when we started out, we thought that the investors would be the first people to pay. And people said that startups wouldn't pay for Pitch Deck Asia, yeah. you know, because startups don't have money, mm. et cetera, and they're bootstrapping. Yeah, when we started charging we went you know we did our first test where we did our first 40 50 shows for free to get into yeah. the rhythm and the groove of it and then we started charging people for, uh, initially 150 bucks what happened to the quality of the startups that we got in yeah. it, it definitely uh, went up because uh, what we could see from that was uh, the intent i mean if people are ready to pay the 150 surely startups are short of cash when they don't splurge on things but if they are yeah. willing to put up this money to come on tell their story and share their story, it it shows that they are very, very uh, serious about getting out there, speaking to the right people. So that's like a filter in itself. Yeah, it's a great filter and probably one of the most important yeah. because as an angel investor, if that person values time, exactly. then you, you know that that cuts out 90% of the noise straight yeah. away. The people who are going to waste your time are not ready. People who don't have pitch decks, who don't have their numbers together. Everybody that's paid has got their numbers together. Yeah. You know, they've got a pitch deck. Yeah. So you can imagine that saves a lot of wasted conversations, right? And also it then um, 
appeals to people who have maybe a bit more experience in capital. Because what we saw when we started charging for the startups is that a certain type of startup started coming. We started getting more corporate dropouts, right? Yeah. Yeah. In, in a positive way. And the corporate dropouts are people with 15, 20 years experience. They know what's broken. Yeah. They have some money. They have networks behind them. They're not going to change the world. They're just focused on one specific problem that may be in data analytics or HR or travel, for example. Yet these people statistically are proven to be more likely to be successful. I think the Harvard Business Review said the average age of a successful entrepreneur was 45. So these are the kind of people that are coming on the show now. You know, these are the kind of people willing to pay that kind of money. So back to the pitch deck. Yeah, so the filtered part is removing uh, the noise. And, you know, people say, who edits this stuff? Well, we nobody edits it. And that's the point. Like, yeah. if you look at a website, you've got an editor. If you go to a pitch competition, they've all been edited. You know, I'll choose you, you, and you. Or you have some kind of demo day. It's all been edited, right? Mm -hmm. We remove editors. There's no editors. It's self-editing. So you know that the people there are serious. And that gets it down to the 10%. Yeah. The, getting it from 10% to 1% is what happens at the Pitch Deck Connect events, yes. right? Where you get to that 1% of startups who really are worth your time. And I think if you place editors in that, the editors are driven by the economics of shelf space. Like they can only have six startups at their event or six startups on their platform. Yet, so on their website. For us, we can have 30 million yeah. in theory, right? So there's no editors. It's long yeah. tail. So that's the solution. Let's move on. Let's talk about where we've come so far. We built a studio back in June, July. We moved to Singapore. Put 150K of personal money in. So, um, you know, that was all about validating it and understanding, you know, what the business model was. How many shows have we done now? Uh, with startups? Yeah. It's almost nearing 100 at uh, 80, 90 odd uh, right. startup uh, founders have come into our uh, studio till now. Right. We've done a lot more shows generally. Yeah. Though. I mean, so we've got our competence and expertise. How many shows have we actually done? We have done about overall? Yeah. I think more than 416. The last yeah, time was 416. Yeah, it's around 460. So we're good at production, yes. right? We've done 400 plus shows on the podcast and most of them video now, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we validated the payment and the events as well. So how much are we charging for the event, Pratana? We're charging $250. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's enough to scare off time wasters, right? We're not going to make big Definitely. bucks out of the event itself, but it's yeah. it's a validation in yes. itself, right? Yeah. There's a big difference between people who come for free and people who pay, yeah. right? And it's not just the event that we are giving them, it's like the show as sure. well. So it's a right. whole package. Okay, good. Back to the pitch deck. Right. This is what we've built. So here's just four examples of people who've been on Pitch Deck Asia TV very recently. Let's talk about those. We had in the studio Jumper. What were those guys about? Uh, they were a dating app, basically, but a more, a more Muslim-friendly dating app. Yeah. So it's something very unique. People don't actually come across it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there are many dating, dating apps that people see but they had a very different story to tell uh, yes, they are trying to add the cultural aspect to the dating yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like them and, and Lisa the founder and the reason why I think we gave you know that was a real result for us to get her onto the platform is because those kind of apps wouldn't get 
mainstream yeah, publicity. Yeah. You know, it's great having the, the cool technology of the day or whatever the latest you know trend is. But it's the people who really understand what's broken yeah. in their background. And she, I think, had about 15, 15, years, experience, years, yeah. 15 years experience in online dating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Offline. Uh, Both. Yeah. yeah. So dating, yeah. online and offline. She yeah. was like, not just, she was actually running these yes. uh, dating services, right? So, yeah. okay. And um, Blink in the studio recently. Yeah. What was interesting about them? Their raise, wasn't it? Yeah. Two million seed. Yes. His background, so Bob Chua's background was he had um, successfully IPO'd, gone public in the UK with yes. his Pulse group. Um, I think at peak it was valued about 40 million. 40, yes. Yeah, he was saying. It was listed at 40. Now it's much higher apparently. So, okay. Yeah. So IPO'd it at yeah, 40. Yeah, okay. Apparently. All right. So those, that's a high quality startup, yeah. right? Okay. And then um, own biosciences. Finding a cure for cancer, yeah. Vishal Doshi, um, small molecules, if you're into um, pharmaceuticals, very interesting approach to pharma research there. And again, somebody who really knows what's broken, propene, and they, uh, again, come from the world of blockchain, some great back uh, investors as well. Who who are their seed investors? They had uh, Golden Gate Ventures, they had SG Innovate. Right. Yeah. So high quality startup as well. Yeah. So... You know, these are startups that we want to get more of on the platform. Niche startups, high quality, experienced founders, mm -hmm. and people with great backing. Yeah. And those are the kind of people we're getting on at the moment. And, you know, our goal is to get, you know, a wider spread of those. Right now, focusing mostly on Singapore. But the idea is, as some people have said, we're the YouTube for pitches. Mm -hmm. Uh, we like to think of the MTV for the startup ecosystem. Give everybody a voice. Democratize the whole pitching process. Don't let it, you know, don't give it to the editors and let them decide who you can see and who you can actually get in contact with. So we validated the TV. What's next? The platform itself. Uh, we've built version one of the yes. platform. Yes. And you can search for startups under category. What sort of categories in, have we got in there? Blockchain. We have multiple. Yeah, blockchain, retail, uh, AI, logistics, travel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And similarly with countries as well, obviously it's very Singapore specific at the moment. As of now, yes. Yeah, but we have, I mean, like today in the studio, we have two coming from, one coming what? from Australia and one from Taiwan. Yeah, they're coming in for the event, yeah. which is great. So the footprint is expanding without us sort of expanding our marketing budget. You can go into the platform, you can search for startups under different categories, and you can go and then watch their long-form studio pitch. And if you're an investor, you can go and down there, download their investor deck and see what events they're going to be attending, They're like Pitch Deck Connect 1, 2, and so on. Uh, we're adding a functionality here to add the stage and the raise, so you can search, let's say, just pre-Series A, yeah. just Series A, or just minimum entry ticket 50,000 and so on. So you can really drill down, let's say you're searching for pre-series A in health tech yeah. in Singapore. You can then go in and drill down in that kind of granularity and then go and see who those people are, see their pitch deck, see their uh, long form pitch yeah. as well. And see then if they're coming to an event. Yes. And how about that? Like front to back in terms of your, you know, your uh, filter for quality deal flow. Let's have a look at some of the audience data. This is what we've been busy building. 
Um, audience size, what have we got there? Viewership, 24,000. How was that? This was uh, end of Feb, so it's already much, much past that now. Again, okay. So. What was that based on? Just uh, YouTube? YouTube or? and uh, SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah. So our two big platforms, YouTube for video, SoundCloud for the podcast, yeah. the audio version of it. Audience reach as well, not just Asia. Yeah. As we got people watching in the US as well, which is... Yeah, we actually, uh, if you look at the top 10 uh, cities uh, that we are at, we are covering Europe, Asia, and uh, uh, America. Yeah. So yeah all the major is, continents. Which is interesting because even though our startups are Asian-based, mm -hmm. there is an increasing interest in Asia from outside Asia. And we're, yeah. we're, we're trying to cater for that, right? So um, in the future, connecting Silicon Valley with Asia will be a major sort of like, you know, opening of the door to yeah. talent and investor funds as well. And uh, YouTube, the number of hours watched, 2,198 hours of content watched, which is, who knows, about 3,000 hours of pictures, potentially. So um, it's growing. We're getting there. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, an organic process, but that's how you grow an audience. Let's talk about some of the... the content and partnerships we have here. These are with accelerators, co-working spaces, funds, education. Pardon, can you tell us a little bit about some of these that we got on the, yeah, maybe some of these so, names as well? Yeah, so we recently uh, did a podcast with uh, Vinnie Laurie from Golden Gate Ventures. Yeah. Then we also did it with Startup O, Cylon. So this was actually part of our ATP tour in which yeah. we were going to different ecosystem builders and uh, getting them on the show telling their story as well. We are also working with SIM uh, from our Pitch Deck University part in which we are helping them with uh, telling more about storytelling, um, how to pitch and stuff. Um, E27? E27, uh, Echelon, we yeah. are going to be media partners with them and we are ex very excited for that as well. So Excellent. Well, there's yeah. a whole bunch of names in there. Right. The point is, is we've done stuff with all of them, particularly content-wise, so we're yeah. on their radar. And in the case of Antler, for example, um, close relationship there with the, the startup generator, accelerator, as they call themselves. Um, we've had their startups come on our show, sent by Antler themselves. That was an interesting... Who, yeah. who, who were the startup that actually sent by Antler? Because uh, we had one Joseph. One was uh, Absolute. Yeah. Uh, Manana and uh, Harsh. Okay. They came in. Yeah. And then Joe Sudo, Anik Islam. Yeah. Yeah, and Amman. Yeah. So there's an interesting development where the actual accelerators are sending their startups or yeah. they're coming from the accelerators to us to get in front of angel investors. So the more we can build relationships with accelerators, the more we can get access to Asia's mm -hmm. startup ecosystem. Okay, PDC One. So Pitch Deck Connect One is around the corner. This yeah. is another validation of our first event and validated in the fact, sorry, by the fact that of all the people listed here, so the 17 startups and the five angel investors, we got them to open their wallets. Yeah. yeah. Nobody got in free except for one who won a golden ticket. But apart from those, everybody else paid. Um, how much did we make on that event? About four? Around 4000 yeah. $4,000, yep. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, again, it keeps the lights on. But the point is, is that we got people to pay because then that creates quality. It's a filter in itself. Five angel investors and 17 startups. 
Any any insights on the kind of startups that we have? What sort of stages there are? How much they're raising? Uh, they're anywhere from uh, pre-seed, seed to uh, pre-series A. So uh, I think a couple of them are even going into series A. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's across the spectrum sort of. Yeah. So this kind of an event won't be like competition. It's more like collaboration. Yeah. where these startups can even the early stage startups can also learn from startups who are raising series a now absolutely yeah there's a lot of cross you know category learning going on so startups talking mm-hmm. to startups angels talking to angels yeah. as well yeah so we have five angel investors um here um all kind of different levels as well which is great um Rina Neo Sam Gibb Joseph Mokano um Steven Liu and Vinik Kumar they uh are all pretty active angel investors yeah so that was the pre qualification are they active are they on cap tables have they done deals recently are they referred by each other because the problem in asia is that there are a lot of angel investors quote unquote who aren't angel investors mm-hmm. and that wastes a lot of time for startups and it's also wasting a lot of time for the angels right yeah. you don't want to bring in people who are asking you know what's a convertible note or anything like that. You want people who are educated and who are ready to do deals because angels want to do deals with angels like co-invest mm-hmm. together. They want to learn from each other as well. Sure there's there's an outer rim of, you know, early stage angel investors who are onboarding as angels, but you know, we can educate them through pitch deck university. Yeah. These events are specifically for active angels and qualified startups. Yeah. So that events coming up here in Singapore. um format for the event is pre event what happens so the pre event actually will be sharing with investors these long form pitches so startup profile and their investor decks as well so the whole idea is that the investors have also listened to the shows uh, also gone through the pitch deck so when they are actually meeting the startup they're talking more you know taking it to the next level never let next level and the qnas yeah and the other way around as well so we are telling the startups as well to do their homework <laughs> absolutely that's the missing part in a lot of this isn't yeah. it that go and do your due diligence right yeah. and the investors will use the videos as uh pre-event due diligence yeah. so there's no pitching at the event right yeah. there's no, no competition no. there's no winners and losers no. there's no competition no. there's no like 5 minutes and you're done everybody gets a chance to speak and interact with everybody so um let's remove all that short form entertainment and just have it about networking you know if, if an angel should come to the event and say i want to meet you i don't want to meet you I'm not sure about you i've got some questions for this one right they should come qualified and they know what kind of questions they want to ask mm-hmm. and also the real benefit of sitting angels around the table with a startup is angels can kind of learn what each other is asking the kind of questions to those startups so if they may ask kind of the questions that you wouldn't ask but everyone's going to come with a different angle and a different insight as well yeah. and for the startups it's great experience yeah right they get to sit in front of five to six angels they get to learn if uh if anything they're going to take away a lot of feedback as well yeah. so that is the event um which we validated now it's cookie cutter how do we replicate that across asia that's coming up in a minute some testimonials as well uh very briefly on this let's talk about museo um we love hazel savage and her team they did really well they came on to pitch deck Asia back in when October November Yeah it was sometime that yeah September yeah. September time yeah Right so the AI powered music startup Yeah mm-hmm. 
She came onto the show. Um, they le- then went on to raise a million with Wavemaker. Yeah. And um, they won an award with us as well. Yes, they were in the top five of yeah. uh, our uh, 2019 awards. Yeah. yeah, which was great. It gave everybody a bit of publicity as well. Mm-hmm. And then she got on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Was it Money, Money FM? FM? Yeah. yeah, she was on Money FM. Yeah. yeah. And that's the second time people who have been on our show have come onto Money FM. The other ones were Blue, Blue Meg. Meg yeah. yeah. So Blue Meg got on Money FM as well, which is great. So, I mean, again, this is the, the megaphone for the startups, right? All right, so let's move on. What we're going to do now is look at our growth plan. So into the, the business end of the pitch deck, uh, where we are now. So we, we've broken it down into three stages, the next three months, three to nine months, and nine months plus. Really where we are is about continuing the validation of the model, validating the events. So can we repeat that event? Can we get people to pay for number two? We have already started getting that. Yeah. That's the good news. What's what's the news, Pratana? (laughs) So we already have one confirmed startup and three more who are on the verge of just confirming. Excellent. That's great. So rather than go bigger on event one, we book people in, get them to pay for yeah. event two and, you know, maintain the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've already started the validation process. And then part of that will be how do we take that to different cities, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, how do we uh, charge membership for this? Because obviously there's a real interest um, for angels in accessing this content and these events as well. How do we... Um, you know, grow the platform and the events to include uh, different verticals as well. Um, so we could, we've been approached by early stage funds, yeah. a number of conversations, yes. and some of the brands we've shown already earlier on about running this event for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could plug our startup platform into their um, accelerator or their fund, VC fund. Mm-hmm. So we could white label those events. Uh, let's talk about what we're going to do with the, uh, the growth plan here as well. So we're starting out in Singapore. That's where we're based. That's where our studio is. Um, nine months onwards, you know, assuming a, a pre-series A success, yeah. our goal is to open a studio in Hong Kong. That's the best shot, the best option at the moment for, you know, bridgehead into Chinese market, the Northeast Asian market as well. All the white stars. If you're listening on audio, I'll explain what this means. Is This is where we have our studios, um, Singapore, with a goal to open one in Hong Kong. And this is where we plan to do our events. So the most immediate choices for our events would be KL. So we already have a foothold in KL. We're looking yeah. to do an event yeah. there soon. Um, from there, the next one would be Hong Kong, potentially uh, Bangkok and Jakarta as well. So anywhere there are startups... And angel investors, we can go. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is next. That will be a plan for us for 2019 and 2020 onwards. Let's talk about who we are and also what we plan to do um, for the next 12 months, what we're raising. A, a look at the management team that we have here. Um, this chap on the left is my voice, Graham Brown. Uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. So um, hopefully I'm one of those people, as they say, 45 is the optimum age for a startup founder. I'm 46, so maybe I'm over the hill. But there you go, 20 plus years as an entrepreneur, but 20 plus years at coding as well. 
So starting out in AI, um, graduate of artificial intelligence in 1995. So I can code in pretty much most script languages and I can code automations in artificial intelligence, which it may not be apparent what the benefit of that for a platform like this, but there's a lot of heavy lifting that goes on in the background, automating processes and operations, contacts with guests and so on. Now, if we can apply a bit of AI to this, what we can do is stay lean. Yeah. Right? We don't need an army yeah. of people managing all the kind of operational stuff in the background. It We can stay lean. We can optimize that process. And it means we can scale to thousands of startups without having hundreds of people on board. So that's my contribution to bring in the entrepreneurial background and to get out there and make rain. Cause you know, as you know, I've done 400 plus podcast episodes. You know, I'm very much comfortable in the public eye and you probably see my face on LinkedIn pop up once in a while, every day, probably for some people. <laughs> so I'm happy going out there and raising the profile of Pitch Deck Asia. Joining me, Pratana, in the background, yourself, where did you come from education-wise? Yeah, so I'm actually from India. I did my undergrad and postgrad from Singapore. So undergrad from SIM and master's from SMU. But in the middle, I have done a lot of exchange. So I've gone for summer schools to LSC, UC Berkeley and NTU as well. So I'm a people's person. You are. And I think you're a very yeah. good sales person as well. Yeah, in that sense. so I yeah. like talking to people. I like figuring out what is actually bothering them. And that's what I come back with. <laughs> and then we solve it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what we need is to yeah. listen to people's pain, right? Exactly. Okay, Pratana. Anish, yourself, your background, you're more of an analytical side. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've worked for ten, uh, more than 10 years now, both with the corporate uh, MNC sort of company, as well as on the other spectrum, uh, Singapore-based, more uh, concierge sort of a company. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, both places it was more of uh, working with, uh, like, being a product, either a product manager in my earlier company where we had to, you know, kind of work at new ideas and hmm. see which one works and take that forward or with my earlier company otherwise it was uh, setting up new dealerships so again we would have to kind of find out which one which right. dealer would be good which or you know those kind of things yeah it lends itself quite well to this platform as well setting up dealerships almost like doing events in different countries as well yeah. crunching the numbers understanding you know almost like in, in terms of a franchise as yeah. well so uh, and Barrett who is off mic at the moment so maybe we can speak for himself he's produced 200 plus yeah, he's nodding away. 200 plus live streams here as well. He is the man to go to every aspect of live streaming, video production, audio production, studio production, the lot. He's got it covered. So that's our man Barrett there. So he's probably as experienced as anybody. I would say probably one of the most experienced in Asia at the moment, if you think about it. Probably. <laughs> you, you don't think about this stuff, do you, in those contexts? But that is the, the reality. You've probably done more shows than anybody in Asia right now as a studio producer. So that, that's what you want if this yeah. is a platform which is very much show-based. 
So that's us. And um, not forgetting, shout out to um, Sean, who's joining us as well. So, um, you know, who is with us as an intern for the next four months, yes. three months, four yeah. months. So he's really helping out as well. He had a startup. And we like having that kind of energy around us. A young lad with sort of entrepreneurial energy, set up a startup in university, going into national service shortly, but brings those kind of ideas and inputs as well. Now, let's talk about where we're going with what we need to make this happen. So funding requirements, the last two slides here um, is 205,000, see, not 205 US dollars, 205,000 <laughs> US, about 270K Singapore dollars we're looking for in seed, which will give us nine months of replicating the product, which is the event, the platform, and the studio. So we validated them. The studio we've um, replicated many times, mm -hmm. but can we maintain this for nine months? Can we scale it into new markets? Can we scale the event into new markets? I see this play very much as a cookie cutter, which is now that we've worked it out, execute, get the right team behind you to execute. And I think we've got a great team for execution, right? Um, we are a team that really is good about, you know, attention to detail, following through and making it happen. So that's what we are looking for for nine months. You know, we don't have to massively scale our team, our cost base to make this happen. We're just now just adding on new markets. So nine months of replication. And our aim then is to go into November, December. So the end of Q4 with 100K cash in the bank. And th there's a specific reason for that. 100k is revenues that we've generated ourselves. So we are now almost washing our face financially. But it also means that if the market turns, so, you know, if the private equity market turns in Q4, because we don't know what the outlook is for PE, that if the private equity market turns, we have enough money in the bank to see us through to break even. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this has been calculated deliberately to preempty a market turn because by that point we will have enough to see us through that we can mm -hmm. stand on our own. So if we mm -hmm. didn't get a pre-series A, we can still continue to grow yeah. this. We wouldn't run out of funds, which is always the risk associated with any startup. So those are our financials, 205,000 seed US um, we can talk about valuations and minimum entry ticket on a face-to-face -face ba basis. Um, summarizing the benefits of Pitch Tech Asia. We're lean, AI-powered, yeah. operationally geared, an execution-focused team. Very, we've validated our product. So people are willing to open their wallets for what we do. Obviously, we want to validate new levels of upsell there that we talk about here, for example, like the early stage fund. That's the real growth story. If we can build this, get 5,000 startups into the platform. Then the next stage is, is we, you know, as a part of that, we can take a percentage on leveraging mm -hmm. the deals, attach a fund to that. We're making revenue already. And for our first angels in, we're giving them a $1,000 platinum membership as chart members. So they will become members. So for the first angels in, we work very closely with them. I consider they will be our advisory team in this journey together. So yeah. we want angels who get it, who understand that the market's broken 
and want to be part of something which could change the face of the Asian startup ecosystem for the better, moving away from the entertainment and the bias and give everybody a voice. That is Pitch Deck Asia. Thank you, everybody, for um, watching our pitch. The best way to reach us is connect with us, um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll put all the details in the show notes. Um, any of my team as well, if you want to connect with them, that's fine. Um, and if you are a startup interested in raising funds yourself, come to our platform and try it out. If you're an angel investor who is interested in startups and or interested in Pitch Deck Asia, come to one of our Pitch Deck Connect events and see for yourself, experience it for yourself. And hopefully you'll see that this is a much better way to connect startups and angel investors. There's 30 million of them out there. And, you know, that is a market that is only growing 10 billion a year. So let's create a better platform for everybody. My name's Graham Brown. Thank you all to the Pitch Deck Asia team here in the studio for doing a great job of helping out with this special version of Pitch Deck Asia. We're signing out. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.